Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters, with my mind on my money and my money on my beer. My name yeah. is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew, and I have beer today, actually. No what are you shit. Drinking? I do. Yeah, what are you Ooh. drinking? Let me know. Uh, I definitely want to hear. I'm just uh, sipping a Key Master Farmhouse Smash Ale. Smash. Smash! 7.22% ABV, and if you look at it, it's like... It has this, like sick gremlin on it the bottom. It does have a sick gremlin on it. Are you Is drinking it? that in the celebration of the new Smash characters that are coming out? Uh, yes. Do you even have a Wii U? No, you only play. PC I don't games, have a Wii don't U. You? I yeah yeah. I only play. Dude, I used you, to have a uh, um an uh shit GameCube. That's oh, how far back. Oh yeah I'm. yeah. I I have a Wii U and I am uh, currently addicted hopelessly to a game called Splatoon, mm-hmm. which if you've ever played Super Mario Sunshine is a, basically the opposite. It's like a four v four. Uh, multiplayer game where you like the the actual goal is to cover the ground with your color of ink and then you just have to like shoot the oh, other players as well. I think I saw one of those. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so good. Uh, I didn't think I would like it as much as I do, and yeah, I'm like I'm like max level climbing up the rank charts, all that stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been into a video game like this for quite some time. And E3 is right now, so I'm just like in between podcast sessions, just trying to check the news and watch the conferences. Stonies was mind blowing. Like mm. Final Fantasy VII remake, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, for all like the non nerds who scared away, <laughs> maybe I'll save the E three talk for later. But yes, I'm Do- drinking uh, an Exile Ruthie. It's a pretty oh, shit. That's, that's not a- too crazy beer, but it's mm. good. I, don't know, ta- I think Exile is an Iowa Iowa brewer though, so I don't know if you have it. Is Do it you? like a lager or? Yeah, it's a smooth gold lager. Nice. And yeah, it's brewed in Iowa. So I don't know. Do you guys even have Exile or I've like, not seen it? The brewery's in Des Moines. Actually, I've eaten there. So oh, cool! If you come hang out with me in Des Moines sometime, that may have go to be there, a thing. Have some beers. They make a really good sour. So I don't know if you like sours, but mm, it's real good. Nice. Anyway, today our catchphrase was with my mind on my money and my money on my beer. It comes from a uh, Twitter user named Sandy AXOX. So thank you for that catchphrase. And uh, if you guys want to get your catchphrases right on the show, you can send them to us via Twitter. We are at Money Matters Man or Facebook, Listen Money Matters, or Smoke Signals, Ravens, <laughs> uh, Telepathic Ether, the Luminiferous. I already made the Luminiferous Ether joke on one episode. I can't do this again. But yes, send those to us. We want to read them on the show. Whether they're songs for Andrew or movie quotes or whatever. Mm, I love get him to us on Twitter. Yes. So today we're going to talk about uh, 10 ways that you can secure your life online and in other offline areas to make sure that people don't steal your money or do other bad things to you. I think the thing (laughs) people don't realize is like just not having your password be password is like the most (laughs) minimal requirement. Like, yes, uh, you could like spin up an AWS instance and like throw crazy computing power someone's passion like break it pretty easily unless you follow certain like rules and then also do you want to like even rely on just a password yeah so um i got some stories to tell some stuff to break down uh but first i want to dive into something geeky because a lot of people are just like i I got two points i want to i want to hit right here um i want to talk about something called salting you know what salting is, Andrew? Yes, I do know what salting is. Okay, so let's explain it to the listeners. Uh, basically, when you sign up for a website and you create a password, uh, first that password is encrypted, which means it's basically thrown through a giant jumbly machine and that spits out a really long string of characters, hopefully more than like 128 of them, mm-hmm. that when decrypted would be your password again. Um, now, the simplest, dumbest way, which Sony has done with mm. passwords is to store them in plain text just straight up in a database like if your password is butts then they just have the word butts in a database and then when you log in it compares what you typed butts to, to what's butts. stored butts to butts and you're good uh, a little bit better is to encrypt butts to 128 characters and then when you log in it will encrypt what you typed and compare those two things so mm. 120 character butt string to butt string you're logged <laughs> in you're good uh, it's still mm, not very good strings. Though. So what salting does is first encrypts the what you whatever you typed to a bunch of jumbly characters, and then it will randomly generate a bunch of other jumbly characters, encrypt that, and then add them together. Based so on your password, really, though. So the random jumbly characters yeah. are different. 
And so yeah, the, it's different for each person. So but it's basically thought, like no matter what you type, even if it's like one character password, your password mm-hmm. ends up being like 500 characters or something like that. I guess the point is that like um, the database, like if they hack into the database and they get the passwords, that's like a single point of failure. But with the salt, they yeah. need to hack the database and see the code that generated the, the yeah the, yeah. And so, you can make your salt generator really complicated, which I mean so. The point here is that not every company does this, mm. which blows my mind because I fucking did this in college. iHeartRadio does sophomore. do this. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's standard these days, but there are still yeah. companies or, or departments within companies that just, they wrote their password things back in like the 80s and it never gets updated because Dude, computers are complicated. <laughs> ready? Check this out. I want to tie this into the first one, password tiers, because I think- yeah. When you like the site that you're creating the account on, you like you have to use your du- judgment and be like, is it Betterment? And they're like super nerdy and techie, so they're probably salting and doing everything. Or is it like Joe's smokes stack chicken barbecue sauce? <laughs> and they make you create an account, and it's like, well, if I gave my Betterment password, if I created with the same password there, these guys probably aren't even encrypting their passwords, let alone salting them. So it makes my Betterment password. Blue. Yeah, they probably just have like a printer in the back that just like prints your password out, and like Greasy Joe, he kind of like shoves it in a drawer. <laughs> exactly. And whenever you try to log in, he has to pull it out and like look at it, and then hit a button that says "Let him in." You that, sign up and it like prints it out of his computer, <laughs> and they has like store in a filing cabinet. He's got a club. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the lesson here is that if you use the same password in multiple places, then. Your your password, even if it's like a zillion characters long, is only as strong as the weakest website that you use it on. Because if the hackers break into the website itself and can get a copy of the database, they have a copy of your password. And if it's mm. in plain text, they have literally the password. And then they can just pop over to every bank website in the world and try that password out with yeah. first name, last name, and they might get in. So you want to use different passwords. Now, I use a password manager called LastPass. I think mm. you use one password. I use one password, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think one of our tips here is like you can use a password manager, which super like ultra encrypts all your passwords. And then it lets you, it, it gives you the ability to have different passwords for every website because it stores them and remembers them and can usually autofill them. And better yet, even, you don't have to like uh, make your password like I love to fish and then I love to fish eight and then remember that because you could use one password or last password will actually generate like a random string of characters, numbers, upper lowercase to whatever length you want yep. and then store it for you. So when I want to log into things, I just use that and uh, this way like everything is yep. super secure and um, you don't have to I don't remember. know the password to most of my online accounts. Same. Most of my online passwords are like 18 to 30 long, the character long strings of garbage. Mm. And I don't know what they are. Uh, there are a few exceptions because I think you have to think about like points of your own failure or like if, if the password manager for some reason broke or you couldn't get into it, like there are a few accounts you need. My bank ones, I know. And because sometimes you may have to access it on not one of your own devices yeah. that, where, like, where you have LastPass or 1Password. Uh, which, I mean, you can sign into their website and mm. do it with the browser, which Anna does a lot. Well, that's the I think, thing. If the you thing have about a random LastPass, hash of characters and stuff, there's no way you're yeah. logging in because you don't remember. Yep. LastPass is free. Uh, I think you can pay like $1 a month to have the app, mm. which I have on my iPhone. So it lets me log into my stuff on my iPhone. Uh, one password costs a bit. But I think it was like 50 like or $99 or something. Yeah, it might have time. some extra features. But, I mean, LastPass works for me. It's They're just probably the year. same. Yeah. Yep. Um, but password tiers is another tip we we're going to talk about. Mm. For some people who don't want to use a password manager, don't trust it, or just don't want to bother with it, what you can do is have multiple different passwords that you do remember. So there's like one tier of password which you only would use on sites you know are ultra secure, banks, mm. like Gmail, things like that. And that should be a pretty complicated password. And then you could have like a throwaway password like butts123. For your random <laughs> forums and, and pizza delivery places and whatever place. Everyone's like, going to start hacking your accounts now. They know it's going to be Butts123. They one, know two, it's Butts123, yeah. <laughs> now my, everyone knows you're an ass throw away password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, and one thing you can do to remember your passwords, even if you have multiple tiers, is they don't have to be different. It could be like 
you could have um, – they would be different, but they don't have to be entirely different. It could be one bass string. So, I mean, it could be butts one, two, three, and then, like, one tier could have something added onto it, like butts one, two, three. Exclamation house, point. Butts one, yeah. two, three, killer whale. I don't know. So all you need to remember is my bass is this for everything, and then I have an extra thing I, I add on for whatever. Dude, you know what I, I love to add? Um, in most, almost all the password things will allow you to use the space bar as oh, like really? a character. And so no one ever considers this. Like No one ever tries to use space bar. And what I do is I put the space bar at the end of my password. So I'll type my password in, number, oh. blah, 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 space. And so this way, even if you got it in plain text, like you're not gonna see the space. So I don't know. That's that's my crazed. I think any competent hacker is gonna try a space after the end of it, though. True. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> Which actually leads into another point I wanted to talk about. Um, a lot of people think that security by obscurity is, you know, an okay method for for living by, right? Like basically, oh, like Windows. I'm just a nobody, right? Like nobody would ever want to hack me. I make like. 2000 bucks a month and I don't have any social medias and nobody will ever find me. That doesn't work in a world where people can like you said set up an Amazon instance and just mm-hmm. like send crawlers throughout the web to data mine for anybody. Yeah, and it'll cost them like 10 bucks to like brute yeah. force hack your account. So, and I mean like have you ever been uh hacked or like had a, an attempt or like had your credit card stolen or anything like that? Yeah, so so I've had accounts hacked before. Definitely have had cards stolen. Yep, and um, <laughs> like not to like keep – so I, I want to get to two-factor off in a second because that was okay. like my linchpin mm. of uh, like fixing it. Um, oh, you know, I space cadet. We'll come, we'll come back to that <laughs> one. Two-factor, dude. That's Two-factor is great uh, and also two-factor sucks because it's made my life a constant hell of typing in <laughs> these codes. But uh, basically, two-factor auth means that it's an authentication method where you have to you have to provide basically two passwords, uh, your main password, and then a time-sensitive code generated by a second device. So you might remember, I don't know, like some of you may have worked for banks or, or something or a secure thing where you'd have like a little keychain token type thing is usually from the company RSA. Or played and- WoW. Or, or played, yeah, exactly. Or played <laughs> WoW, and they send it to you for free. And uh, over, like, over the course of maybe like thirty seconds, like you'd see this little circle like fill up, and when it filled up, the number would change. Yep. So it was like you type in your password, and then you have to type in this like six or eight digit thing that you had a certain amount of time to type in between when you saw it on this little device, and and that's basically what two factor auth is. Yeah, and uh, now there's an app for the iPhone and Android called Authy. Uh, there's another one that's called Google Authenticator. I think Authy I use, works better. Oh, uh, well. I use Authy is like, Authy supports Google Authenticator mm. uh, algorithms, but it's just, I like it better because you can have a pin on it to unlock it. Mm. And you can back up your code. So when I get a new phone, oh, the Authy see. account will just send all the things over to my new phone oh, instead shit. of me having to set it up all over again for every account, which is good all because right, I, I now have like 20 accounts. I have to switch over because I actually had yeah. downloaded it and I was like, uh, they don't have an iPhone 6 version, uh, whatever. Now. Okay, so I haven't checked. I, I checked like a while ago when you told me. But the thing okay. is, is my phone, I had it like sitting on my bed um, and I was taking my belt off and I threw it onto the bed and it like hit at the most perfect angle and shattered the screen of my phone. Oh, and it's like man. not even that high. Like the belt's not even that heavy. It's not like I'm wearing cowboy buckles. And so I had to go get a new phone. I had to re-key all of my two-factor all things, which yeah. was suck. Oh, it's a pain in the ass because you have to scan a QR code with your phone camera and then it gets the code and everything. You have to type it in. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, you get this app and then a lot of sites nowadays support adding two-factor authentication to your account. So that way, whenever you log in, you type in your username and password and then it says, okay, now type in the code displayed on your phone right now. And basically, there's a there's an algorithm on the website and there's an algorithm on your phone, they're matched and they generate the same uh, six character random code every so often, like every so 20 seconds. There's like a couple like really cool things with it. One is no one can ever hack your account unless they have your phone as well. Don't say ever. Right? Well, I mean, 
<laughs> okay, so so fine. I won't say ever. It's, it's much less likely. Extremely unlikely. I'm going to say very close to impossible. Not impossible, of course, but so that they can't. It's just, much more difficult. So just the fact of someone having your password doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. And um, no, I wouldn't want them to have it. True. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want them to have it. I'm a very paranoid person. No, me too. Me too. Like I, I, I'm afraid that like, dude, if someone gets into your Gmail account, that's everything. So your whole life. Email is the worst because email is the point where all the passwords are reset to. Like if you need to reset a password, it goes to your email. So your email needs to be the most secure. Yes. So you, you need to put two-factor auth on. But the other cool thing is um, you can – so for example, say you put two-factor auth on Gmail, right? Many things use Gmail authentication like uh, Google Talk, for example. Yeah. How, how do you say that word? Authentication. <laughs> it's authentication. Authentication. Yes. <laughs> authentication. <laughs> <laughs> authentication. So I'm going to pronounceify these word <laughs> So I'm going to authentify. Yeah. So uh, say you have Google Talk, right? And you have your laptop, you have your work computer, and your phone. You could generate a password in Google's two factor settings. Yep. And uh, put a different one for your laptop, a different one for your work computer, and then you could manage if that device can still access it. So say you leave your job and some tech dude just takes your work computer, you could remotely disable Google Talk mm-hmm. on that work computer, um, which you wouldn't have been able to otherwise if you were like logged in and like remember your password type thing. And actually with Apple, I think you can remote wipe a computer entirely yeah. if, if it's stolen or something like that. Uh, there's actually there's a there's a program called Prey mm-hmm. that if you have your laptop out, like it will use the webcam to watch and like take a picture every so every so often. So if someone steals your laptop, um, it'll oh, take a picture shit. of their face, upload it immediately when it can, and then uh, it, it like allows you to remotely lock the computer or like. I think one dude he had his computer stolen. He had the he had a program that basically let him spy on this dude. So he was just like spying on him for days. And finally, <laughs> like the cops figured out where the where the thief was. And all all the while, the dude was like posting pictures of the dude of the thief like picking his nose and stuff on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But yeah, I don't have anything like that. I know there's like this is a group of college students also creating a, a USB device that when you plug into your laptop uh, and you arm it. It will make a really loud noise if it's removed or if the laptop's moved. It's got a motion sensor in it. Huh. So, like, that's, I think the most annoying thing is when you're at a coffee shop and you want to go to the bathroom. So, you yes. basically be like, yo, can you watch my stuff? Or you have to pack everything up, act like you're leaving. Go to the bathroom and then you don't have a seat when you get back. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not as, the seat thing's not as bad here in Iowa. And do the I, whole I thing you, is, man, but. You, ask, <laughs> you ask the guy who sits next to you, like, hey, can you watch my stuff? I'm just going to the bathroom real quick. He's probably the one who's going to steal your laptop. <laughs> then you go to the bathroom and he's like, oh, I know he's gone. Like, uh, those, you ever seen like the security footage, like videos of people stealing laptops? And it's so infuriating because they just like casually saunter up and grab it. Like, yeah. And no one says anything. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know, actually what makes me nervous is that I have a password on my computer to log in. Mm-hmm. If they can't log in, are they just going to, like, trash the laptop? Dude, you know? I, I would rather them do that. True. I don't know about Apple, but I know that uh, with Windows, it's pretty trivial to rip a password off of a user account. Mm. I mean, I've done it before. I had to do it for work at some at certain points. So you, know, so you were saying um, through obscurity, like security through obscurity. And you, you were thinking yeah. about, like, um, you being obscure. And I was like, Windows! And uh, in, like, the tech world, they're always, like, um, security through obscurity because Windows is closed source versus OS X, which is open source. So it's, like, you know exactly, like, the, the devil you're dealing with with Apple in terms of security. But Windows, like, you don't know the code, so it, it could be secure. It could suck. Well, security for, through obscurity is uh, specifically meant to be, like, I'm secure through the, by virtue of being unknown. Like, not unknown as in... Like we don't know what this black box is, but like nobody knows who I am, where I am. I'm I'm a nobody. Mm. Like I'm not going to be found. Is is the idea of security through? And it, it is. It does have some merit, right? Right. Like you should live by security through obscurity, insofar as like you don't go around yelling about how much money you have. Like if you're like in a bar and you're like, oh, dude, I just got paid 10k or something, you know. But That's see, not like, very smart because then you become a target. Like, don't make yourself a target. But on the flip side, 
don't pretend that just being quiet and not saying much is going to mean you're never going to be a target because I was going to say like I, I think you. that's I'm not sure that that makes you okay look if you say you have like all this money sure it'll make you a target but uh, what happens is like okay so I'll, I'll give you an example of the story my parents um, who are very like careful with their stuff they they kind of do the same thing every week and not the same thing but they go shop at the same places, eat at the same restaurant once a week or whatever. And um, their card kept getting stolen. And it was like getting stolen, getting stolen. And the, the car company like told physically? them. physically? Oh, their car. The, the number. Number. Sorry. Card number. Credit okay, card okay. number. Credit card number. Gotcha. And so uh, the credit card company is like, um, it, it's got to be someone that you're visiting regularly. Mm. And they just keep stealing the number. But the thing is, the person who's swiping it, say it's like the, the restaurant person because, you know, they take the card away and you don't mm. see where it is. Um, he's, he or she's not the one likely using their number. They're probably selling it to someone in like Russia right. or yep. something. And Well, if they're smart. Right. There's if, a lot it, of dumb wa- like waiters that have tried to just use people's cards. True. And then, <laughs> then they get caught in like a day or two. It's a terrible because, idea. Yeah. But the, the whole thing is like these – People in like Czechoslovakia or whatever, they're they're taking money out. They're not looking for ten thousand dollars. They're looking for a hundred dollars from a hundred cards, you know, yeah. on a consistent basis. So most people just have that much in credit. So I think like everyone is equally susceptible. Right. So well, uh, it's it's about like the probabilities, right? Like you have a risk of having your identity or your your credit card number or whatever stolen, no matter what you do. Unless you just don't have a credit card. You're just like granny with cash in your mattress. But, uh, you know, there are certain things that you shouldn't do because you're going to increase the likelihood that you'll be stolen from. Mm. You know, it's just True. like if if you take a vacation to J- like Jakarta and then you're like walking around with a Rolex or something, mm. you are a target. Like <laughs> you are by virtue a target of, by being somebody with white skin in Jakarta. But if you're wearing like rich stuff, you're like a super big target and everyone knows you have money. Right, right. right. So, I mean, you're going to be assumed, everybody is assumed to be a target because all the security systems we rely upon are are inherently insecure. Mm. But if you go around flaunting your money or online, like you're saying, oh, I've got so much money, or you're like the stupid people on Twitter who like tweet pictures of the new credit cards, which (laughs) they do, there's like a Tumblr blog that like uh, basically lists all the people who do that. (laughs) It just makes fun of them. So someone gets a credit card in the mail, they're like, oh my god, I got a new card. They literally snap a picture yeah. with a credit card number and post it on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, it's actually like, it's, uh, it's like the worst uh, side effect of the companies that let you put a custom picture on your card because people are so excited about their custom picture and then they just tweet it. Oh and my like, if your number is right there. And I mean, like, there are plenty of companies that don't need the little code on the back, the yeah. CSV or whatever it is. So, or CCV. Or, or CCV, yeah, yeah don't. CVV. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I can't believe that's a thing. I be, can't. You know, be as obscure I to- as Actually, you know, I'm sorry. I totally believe that's a thing. It's just sad that it's a thing. No, yeah, it's, it, it is a thing. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of things on Twitter that I wish are not things are things. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, the security, the obscurity argument, actually, it, I mean, it worries me because whenever I talk about security, I remember that I am in, like a public personality, basically. So... Mm. I'm like failing on that front. Woohoo. But, you <laughs> you're, know, hopefully. you're kind of internet famous, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, please don't steal from me. I'm like trying to educate you people. <laughs> um, that that yeah. reminds me though. Uh, well, actually it doesn't remind me. It, this is just my terrible segue to. Um, Unless you're not falling off of it. What? Your segue. It's true. True. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> that's that a once a year thing. Going on the big hills. <laughs> Oh, man. I, you know, we were playing with video editing the other day because you had showed us stuff, and I hmm. c- perfectly cut the part where Laura's head was turned facing me and just see me, f- like, fly off the back of the set. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna cut it. I'm going to put it on YouTube just for everyone to – Do it. Yeah. That's our new Patreon public. bonus. That's right. That's Andrew right. Biffett in Amsterdam, <laughs> 10 bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. We're making that free. Yeah, yeah, seriously. That, <laughs> the world needs to know how – they need to know how dangerous segways are. <laughs> you must anyway, wear your helmet. As to your uh, non-physical segue. Ah, yes. So um, two pa- two-factor passwords are like awesome and I think like really important, like a must. Mm. Like good passwords are also really important. And we kind of talked about them 
you know, and we're like, oh, add a space at the end or, you know, variations. But I think most people have like a, the, like a wrong perception of what is a good password. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this before we started the episode. I was like, oh, like there's this KCD um, comic about it. And then you, you knew exactly what I was talking about. What would you say? Yeah, yeah. Correct horse battery staple. Yeah. So that's an example of a, <laughs> an awesome password. Yeah, so people think that uh, basically like the human brain doesn't work like computers do because computers can do serial operations like one track mind operations in a billion times faster than we can. Mm. But we have incredibly like dense knit neural networks of like crazy bullshit in our heads, right? Mm. So we can remember lots of concepts and craziness, but we have a terrible time remembering like a seven character string, you know, X two nine dollar sign four twenty, you know, blaze it, whatever. But the interesting thing is having numbers in your password does not make your password more secure. I mean, it, it can, but if you, like an eight-character string, is a, a computer can break it, you know, Think of it like in this, a pretty least, quick amount of time because there's eight characters. It can just brute force through every character and then figure it out. Say, okay? say if you discounted special characters, there's 27 alphabetical characters and there's 10 numbers, right? Zero what's, through nine. What's the 27th? I mean, 26, 26, sorry. <laughs> 27th? That's double Z. a new letter today. <laughs> it's Omega. yeah yeah omega all right we'll go with that one so there's 27 letters including omega it's just so the uh (laughs) president can sign his name is that that's right (laughs) the first and the last omega obama (laughs) omega obama (laughs) um but like what the computer does it just iterates through all the possible combinations so for it to iterate through you know the 26 alphabetical letters plus omega takes it a second Right, not even. It takes like a subsecond. It's like and a then, nanosecond at this point. And, yeah, like a nanosecond. And then to add the ten numbers as possible combinations in there, that's like not even a thing. That's it adds right. like what is it, twenty five or so percent more time. So really, not that much. And it's gonna check it anyways if you have a number or not. So yeah, tell but me. every character you add to the end of that string increases Expe- the amount of time. Yeah, by exponentially. Of yeah. So like an eight character password might take like a year to break. A nine character password could take like 200 years. And I'm completely making up the numbers now. I don't know how long it actually takes. And now with like GPU processing that they do, it's, it's even faster. But that's why uh, password like correct horse battery staple is better than like an eight character string of random garbage because it's so long, mm. but it's easy for you to remember. Correct horse battery staple is just four words. You can conceptually think of that. So... Uh, what I do is I, I usually mix it up by like turning easy uh, letters into numbers or something like that. You know, like a, a no can become a zero, an S can become a dollar sign, those Same, kind of things. Yeah. That way, it's it's harder to remember for other people, and it's going to take a long time for a computer to break. And I mean, it's a good it's good to note that computers don't only break passwords by brute forcing. Mm. There's right, things they, called they rainbow use... tables. There's things like dictionary Dic- attacks. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's a dictionary attacks, just like they take all alpha like words, right? Like Andrew, Thomas, and money, whatever, and they just randomly spin combinations together to try and that's yeah. like the most basic form. And that's why I like to replace numbers with characters and stuff like that because you like uh, lead speak a, a dictionary attack. Yeah, basically a dictionary attack. Even if you had you know a long password full of number or a, a phrase or something, a dictionary attack could. Easily, I'm pretty just sure throw elite word speak is built into dictionary things. Yeah, now. like probably O for like, zero, like that's like so common. It's like yeah, stuff that's easy to like do in your head to try to obscure yourself. A hacker can program that, but you still want to try to be like as tricksy as you can while being able to remember it. Like one thing you could do is like shift your key, your fingers one direction on the keyboard, mm. or like the modern Caesar cipher. <laughs> yeah, or something like that, or uh, or like type in Dvorak or something, you know. There's all sorts of weird things you can do. And I mean, you're not going to best every single program that's built to hack things, but you're going to best most of them, right? When you say type in Dvorak, you mean get a Dvorak keyboard, but type like it's QWERTY? Or you could set your <laughs> keyboard to Dvorak or something like that and oh. then shift your keys. Your I don't know. You can do all sorts of weird stuff. By the way, just to be clear, Dvorak keyboard, that's the one that's in order alphabetically, right? No, no, no. That would be a terrible keyboard. <laughs> well, oh, so they used to be like that, but then the, the typewriter keys got jammed together. So wait, then what's uh-uh. the, the, the format? So of basically, a- QWERTY is a key uh, keying format that's supposed to be inefficient because right, so it was that- made for typewriters and they, they would you know Slow jam them together. D- yeah, yeah. Dvorak, and there's another one called Colmac. Uh, they're both key layouts that are much more efficient. They put the 
often use keys on the home row. So you'll have like E, S, uh, like T, like really, really common like A things on the home row. And you can type much, much faster and more efficiently isn't if it, you learn it. Isn't it interesting that we all use and learn how to type on a keyboard that was specifically built to make us type slower? Yes. Because humans <laughs> like to do things the same way they've always done them. <laughs> the dumb way. And Mrs. Like Mrs. Whatever, the third grade teacher in Paducah, Kentucky, doesn't know Delphire. how to teach Dvorak. So, and Mavis Bacon's True. typing tutor doesn't teach it yet. That's that how I know I of. Mavis Beacon. That's how I learned too. Yep. <laughs> you're you're like typing as fast as you can, and the car is driving down the road, and every yep. time you nail a word, it wipes the bugs off or whatever. Like. Oh man! Oh, it was like so old. I remember all these games they played in third grade, like Oregon Trail and stuff. Yeah, it was pretty bad. They should have kids play uh, Typing of the Dead. Typing of the Dead. You played huh? House of the Dead, like yeah, the yeah. Game. They made that, but they it replaced the shooting with typing. Like, like the faster you, you word, type, like the better your gun aims or something. Like uh, the gun doesn't aim. Like you type a word and then it'll shoot a zombie. So you have oh. to type fast enough to like kill the horde. This uh. game came out a long time ago. I think it, I think it came out for like the PS2, and you had to get like a keyboard attachment for it. That's awesome. Yeah, that was fun. Things I will torture my kids with. What? Uh... <laughs> Trust so, me, it's fun. <laughs> I don't know what's on your list, um, and we'll get to the whole list. But I want to skip over to uh, dealing with customer service people. Mm. Uh, and I got to tell a story about this. So there's a, a writer for Wired magazine. His name is mm-hmm. Matt Honan. And back in 2012, he got hacked. Mm-hmm. Why did he get hacked? Well, he had the Twitter handle Matt, like M-A-T. And hackers wanted it because it's three letters. And I guess hackers want dumb things like three-letter Twitter names. Uh, so I think they like threatened him to give it over to him or, or he'd be hacked. And he said no. And I think it was like the... The key cause of everything happening is because he didn't have uh, dual factor off on his Gmail account. So they first took over his Google account, which means his Gmail is compromised. So now they have a base of operations for everything. And they exploited some lax uh, like policies in Amazon and Apple's customer service that they had back then to basically get into his entire life. They remote wiped his laptop, his iPad. They like got into his Amazon and the way they were able to do this was uh, it was either Amazon or Apple. They were, they were able to call the customer service up and basically give the last like four numbers of his phone number or some like, really stupid common piece of information oh. to identify himself. And the hackers got into everything. So, and like, through, it was like a chain of events. So lesson to learn is that like, not every customer service department is going to be secure and actually verify you. And that's actually how, I, I think it was Paris Hilton's, that famous hack where her phone mm. and pictures, uh, someone called Apple Tech Support. And yeah. uh, like, it, you think like these huge hacks are sophisticated. They're social engineering. Exactly. And that, dude, like that's why whenever I get credit card applications that I don't fill out, which is like basically all of them, I rip them to shreds because yeah. I feel like for someone to fill the form out and be me is really not that challenging. Yeah, exactly. I mean, have you you've heard of Frank Abagnale, right? No. Uh, you've seen. Have you ever seen the movie Catch Me If You Can? Yes. It's it's based on what he did, I and mean, he did tons of check fraud, but he basically did tons of social engineering as well. He passed himself off as a pilot, as a doctor, as a mm. university lecturer. Uh, people are inherently trusting. Is a problem. Yeah. And uh, there's another guy. I forget the name of him, but uh, he committed the biggest bank robberies in history from a telephone. Because they would just call and be like, hey, I'm district manager dude from, you know, Cincinnati and we need to open up an account for a customer. Can you, like, take off the security restriction for five minutes? And then he'd, like, write a super fraudulent check. Or uh, Kevin oh, Mitnick. Oh, shit. I've got a book called yes. Ghost in the Wires. This Kevin dude, Mitnick. He's something He did else. so much social engineering. He would just, he'd call up, like, he'd call up Hewlett Packard and have them, like, let him into their servers. And he'd steal their entire operating systems. You know, and he just he just did it for fun. He like never even stole money. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, so he wasn't doing it for profit. And he was so good at it that they actually what they they put him in like solitary. They did some like really effed up thing because yeah. uh, the, and the, because the government was afraid that he would be able to launch nuclear missiles. Like he was so good at social. Well, they weren't actually afraid of that. the The news media reported that he oh, was okay. really yellow, but mm-hmm. he did. Um, what did he do? He was in like the regular jail, so he got his phone call, and then. He was like only supposed to call his mom or something like that. Mm. So he'd like turn around and while he's on the phone, he'd like pretend to have a phone conversation. And then he had his hand behind his back and he knew how to tap the receiver 
in the like specific right codes to make the phone dial a different person. I think he was able to get on with his girlfriend or something like that. So really, yeah. So the, like the prison warden was like, how the hell are you calling non uh, authorized numbers? You know, we don't know how you're doing this because the guard was supposed to dial for him. Oh, so th- at that point they got like a super long cord for the phone, like hand him the receiver through the bars. And <laughs> I think they eventually put him in solitary. But now I think he works for the government and helps like them expose yeah. social engineers. But yeah, I mean, the good thing to to remember here is that the computer systems that are built to keep you secure are only one uh, doorway through which people can go to steal your stuff. Because there's always a customer service person on the phone who may not be, uh, you know, all that. Yeah, they're going to be trusting, potentially, Mm -hmm. if you give certain amounts of information. Now, luckily, since the Matt Honan hack, I know Apple and Amazon have increased their security. But I know for one thing... um, I went onto Amazon immediately and I made my email address a plus email address. Do you know what these are? No. What, what is- you can um, you can add a plus after like the first part of your email address. So like if my email address is like butts123 at gmail.com. I can do butts123 plus Amazon or plus spam or something. And I can I can have that email in the system and if somebody sends an email to butts123 plus spam at gmail it will go to butts123 at gmail so what does that do for you though you can set up filters on your end if you Uh, wanted to to like say if somebody emails me at the plus spam address you know and some some websites will strip out plus things i set my amazon email to a plus thing because i wanted my amazon uh account number or name to be different than my email that way if somebody called in and said hey uh, my email is thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. Mm. They would be like, that doesn't match what's on record. Right. Had, or like, they'd be plus, trying to hack someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I had, so I had like Thomas plus giant garble thing only I knew at gmail.com. Shit. Can you change that after the fact? You can change it on Amazon. Yeah. I don't think I'd do it any. I, I might do it now. I can't remember if I do it anymore. I mean, they've, they've increased their customer service security. Mm. So it's less needed now. My Amazon uh, password is actually my most challenging one. It's it's bank level because I was running yeah. a server off of it. I buy everything. Oh, my hell credit yeah. cards are linked one-click purchase. And yeah, yeah. You're, anything that stores your financial information, you know, I mean, they probably have the industry standard bank security stuff, but you should still treat it as if it's a bank password, you know? You know, if my Amazon account got hacked, that'd be of the most devastating hacks. I'm going to hack your Amazon account. I'm going to send you like 10 boxes of toilet paper. I, I already do that to myself. You already have. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's gotten to the point where the cat may get a roll of toilet paper and demolish it, and we'll be like, "No, nah, that's fine." <laughs> it's like we have like so many more, like just in the apartment. Well, I saw the picture, and it was like somebody just lost their their. Uh, what, what is the company you again? I was subscribe and save. Subscribe, somebody <laughs> lost their subscribe and save <laughs> privileges. Yeah, I'm kind of bad with that. Did you like forget to well, uh, it, stop it when you were on vacation or something? Or no, it's it- because I have it scheduled, and it takes a while to refine the schedules, and I'm not even that good at that. But then it was like we were running out. And the subscribing stuff was going to be like two weeks away or whatever. So I was like, all right, fine, fine. I'll just, I'll do it now. And you could do just deliver today. But I guess it delivers it today, but doesn't change the schedule time (laughs) when it is. So it was like, we wanted just a week quicker, but we just got it all, you know. So your apartment is just now filled with TP and paper rolls. Yeah, it's like, because the best you could do from subscribe and save is get like a 12-pack roll of paper towels. So it's already a lot. Yeah. And then you get another yeah. one like two weeks later. It's just like ridiculous. I should I should set it up. We are constantly out of paper towels. I like, know. Constantly. We're always out. So I should, I need to set that up. Um, but where Let I was know. going. I'll just start sending this, them to you, dude. This whole story mm. is that uh, certain organizations will let you set up increased security on the phone mm. if you want. So, I mean, it's usually opt-in, not opt-out. But – um, the Vanguard story is my story. So I have dual factor authentication on Vanguard. I have it as secure as I could. And I was getting notifications that was says, Hey, your Vanguard, uh, dual authentication password is this on my phone, but I wasn't trying to log in. Hmm. So I was like, somebody's trying to log into my Vanguard account. Number one, I realized my, my username was like the same username I was using everywhere. So that's obviously not a good idea to have on your bank. Right. So I got them to change that. Now it's something nobody knows. Um, but also, I was like, hey, can I set up some sort of like pin that I need to tell you 
when I call in, otherwise you won't accept a phone call from me. And they were like, yeah, we can set up an enhanced password. Uh, there's two levels for Vanguard. Number one, you can just set up a password. Or number two, you can set it up where you have to say a password and the last four digits of your social security number. Hmm. So I set that up. Now I have to say that plus a password. Otherwise, they're not going to let me in. I See, you had told me this right before we went on. I had no idea you could do this. I, this is brilliant. Like I want to do this with like Fidelity. Yeah. And, because Fidelity actually has um, appallingly bad security. And it oh, kind really? of gives me anxiety. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, that's scary. Like, two-factor is not an option. Like, yeah. Vanguard has much better security. Yeah, for sure. But, and then, oh, what was else? There was but, something else I was going to say. Oh, go well, ahead. Okay, so, so I'll, I'll kind of lead off of that because the, the problem was you're using the same username. And mm. I think one of the really good security features, most banks will let you um, put a different username in. Yeah. When, when I first started with you know, money and getting accounts. My username was Andrew Fiebert because I was like, that makes sense. I mean, that's me. Like, of course that's my username. And then I was like, I realized how that, you know, that's like so obvious. Then anyone could find my username. So I went and I changed it all. So now like they have to not only guess your password, but also guess your username. Yep. And, and, and going into database nerd speak, this is why it's a terrible idea to have your, what do they call that? The key for your database be the username field. Yeah. Like it should always be something generated iteratively that the user can't control, like an ID or something. Mm. That way it can be changed and then you don't screw your data up. But I digress. Uh, Another tip I want to talk about was when it comes to security questions. Mm. So, you know, most online accounts will have things where it's like, if you want to reset your password, you have to answer some security questions. Like, what's your grandmother's maiden name? Or what's your favorite movie? Right. If you answer accurately here, you're you're asking for trouble because anybody can go into a bar and be like, "Yo, dog, what's your favorite movie?" Or they, they can probably like just check use your fucking Facebook genealogy profile. sites to figure out what your grandma's maiden name was. Right? It's yeah. it's all publicly available information. Dude, I, I swear, like most is just on Facebook. Like you probably yeah. just yeah get. It's- so what I suggest you do is to remember it because we are horrible at remembering things. Answer accurately, but have a code word you add to the end of your answers. So I mean, your oh, grandma's shit. maiden name could be like Fletcher or something, but you you're when they ask the question, it would be like Fletcher Portal Turret or something. Oh, I, I thought you I swear I thought you were gonna say butt string. Or it could be butts. I don't know. It could be anything. But like just and it could be just one phrase. Like this isn't your password, but just to have something where it's like if somebody looked your shit up online and they knew that your favorite movie was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, they couldn't type that in because your answer is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind butt speaker. Or butt string, <laughs> or or sea lion, whatever it is, right? right? That way you know it, and it's only one word you have to remember. But now they can't just use publicly available information to break hmm. your password. That's brilliant. Yes, I'm definitely adding butt string to the end. There of you go. <laughs> <laughs> now I know it's butt string. <laughs> I'm definitely sending you ten pounds of toilet paper. What's your favorite movie? <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Butt String. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, uh, do we have anything else on the list? I can't remember. I'm like, we, I'm going all over the place with so, these. So, so I think we did an awesome job of hitting <laughs> all of them except for the most morbid one, which I think that. Oh yes, the drop dead plan. Yes. What so, happens when you die? You know, um, at, a while ago, my dad had sent me like some passwords and login information and my family like were kind of very much like don't I, I like didn't want it like I don't give it to me you know this is your stuff I don't want to log in I don't want to see anything it's your business um but my mom is not technically savvy like at yeah. all and uh like if she, even if she had the password she might not even know whatever so yeah kind of it's important I guess that he shared it with me for her safety, right. you know, that I share mine with Laura, like for her safety. and Right. So the way that I would do this mm. is I, I would have like, uh, I, you know, I had somebody who once had me create the drop dead document for them. They mm. were like, hey, you know, you've set a lot of things up for me. If, I, if you drop dead, what do I do? You know, I need that to know. Um, so, you know, I don't know. This could be an entire episode because I know there are entire like huge articles about what to like how to set up your uh your post mortuary online, you know, contingency plan for your loved ones to close all your stuff and make sure you're not getting hacked and stuff. Uh, what I would do is have that information, but I would put it 
with an institution that's going to outlive you. So like put it in a lockbox in a bank. Mm. Don't just be like, here, mom, here's a document with every password I have. Keep it in the kitchen cabinet if I die. You know, just, <laughs> no, put it in a lockbox and authorize somebody you really trust to get into that lockbox. You may even be able to specify that it's upon your death or maybe that you've been missing for a certain amount of time. But hmm. I wouldn't just give it to your girlfriend. I also wouldn't just have nothing. Yeah. You know? So have something where or if somebody needs to, or if you're like lo- if you're like stranded in Uganda and all you can do is you know message your friend through smoke signals, they need to be able to help you, right? Yeah, and and one of the things that like kind of sucks is like not every state defaults to giving your your resources to the next of kin, and hmm. uh, you know in California, um, if say you know you die, your spouse doesn't automatically get. Like you're, you'd think like that would be the case. No, but your your children could actually contest that and yeah. take it away from the spouse unless you have it like in your will and stuff. So just even wills of, aren't ironclad. True. So yeah, it's I mean it's tough stuff. I mean I think we're getting into territory that we don't know a whole lot about. At least I don't. Yeah. That's uh, I mean it's like lawyer territory, but yeah, I mean have some secure way, and I, I think a lockbox is a pretty secure way. Like in yeah. a bank, not in your house. Yeah, yeah. Like in a like, it, somebody's gotta look up and say, "Okay, this person's authorized. We'll take them into our gigantic vault." One of my <laughs> biggest life lessons is just because you have a fireproof safe that requires a key in your apartment it does not mean that it's waterproof. Yes. Yeah. So, I want I want that stuff in a vault that only the Joker can break into. So I mean, if exactly. he wants it, I'm not gonna contest it here. You can have it. <laughs> it's probably it's probably too much work for him. He'd rather just take all the money in the bank. That's yeah, probably true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, did we get through all 10 then? We did. So just to kind of go down the list real quick. So there yeah. was number one, and this is not in the order we said it. We just kind of meandered through. So number one, uh, use two-factor authentication. 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 There you go. Um, number two was the Matt H story, and that is related to um, having some sort of phrase you could say on the phone. Yeah. That uh, will we'll, like key into, and I know key. Vanguard will let you make it. So you could ask other companies. I think a lot of companies will just straight up just add it to your account, even if it's not like policy. Mm. So, and I think it's brilliant. So, uh, third one, use something like One Password that'll enable you to use very challenging passwords for many things without having to remember them. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, uh, paper document security. Wait, we did we didn't talk about paper document security? Oh, we didn't. What, what, what did you want to say about paper document security? Uh, yeah, lockbox in your house or some, you know, some hidden place and you know, know where your stuff is. Don't just leave it laying around. But also, if you get mail you're going to throw away, check it for, for uh, personally identifying information and shred it or tear it up or whatever. Burn it, compost it, whatever. Just don't be throwing away your bank account number and routing number so into the I'm garbage. So I'm crazed between you know, having the, the blog, podcast, talking about all the stuff, whatever, and just... Being in Hoboken, I know that people do come. I, I literally hear them rifling through the garbage at night and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I, uh, when I rip stuff up, I put it in two separate garbages. I yep. know they'll go out at different times. <laughs> I do that too. I, yeah, I'll rip the account number in two and then throw them in two separate bins. I've had like some things that were like particularly like identifying like with social security numbers. I get crazy. I flush it down the toilet. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so yeah, just be careful with that stuff because oh yeah, one thing I do, uh, a good thing to know, I call every organization I can think of and ask them, like, don't send me paper. Mm. Like I, I sign up for e delivery on everything, so there's almost nothing I get now in the mail that has personally identifying information on it because all bills thing. are by email. Most of the time, like the like a few, like you need like not even many of these docs to have enough information to apply for credit cards under your name. Yeah. So. That's kind of scary. All right, so four, paper security. Um, five, uh, password phrase Vanguard. So I have it as two, the Matt H story. Was Matt H story different than the password phrase with Vanguard? I think what I talked about the Matt H story is like you could make your email uh, different with a plus modifier. Uh, so that way it's a different account name on the account than your actual email. I got you. Uh, I don't know how, like, this is a pretty, like, granular into the woods security strategy, but mm. because I knew back in 2012 that Amazon's customer service policies weren't up to snuff, I did it. Because I didn't want somebody to be able to call in and be like, hey, I'm 
this email and then they'll be like, oh, that's you. What do you want to do? Get the credit card information? So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, number six, uh, security questions. Add a butt string. There you go. <laughs> Add a butt string. Okay. <laughs> Add a butt string. Number seven, uh, password tiers. Netflix, Hulu, that could be your shitty password. Vanguard, that should be your best password. Though be careful about sites that store your financial information. I mean, a lot of them won't let you access it and see it, but if it's, if, you know, it's like a Joe's Pizza Shack down the road, make sure it's not like saving your bank account or something. Mm. You know, otherwise it is important. But like a dumb forum, that's actually dumb. Yeah. Not all forums are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's dumb, but like, not if just hacks fucking your forum, then like the people on the forum might be pissed if you post porn or something, but they're not going to get your bank password. Yeah. Um, XKCD, uh, and what is a good password? And what's the phrase? Correct horse battery staple. Correct horse battery staple. So, Don't make your password correct horse battery staple. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're going to put in the show notes, but uh, if you're so lazy that you can't go to the show notes, just search XKCD space correct horse battery staple. <laughs> It'll be on there. <laughs> You'll Lots find of jokes it. about it on the internet. Yeah, it's pretty. Oh, hey, this reminds me of something. Huh? I, I shouldn't have to say this, but maybe I can save someone's bacon. If your password is underneath your keyboard at work, I'm going to come slap you in the head. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't make it a sticky note on your monitor. Uh, you I know. There's sneaky, a lot of people who do that. If you think you're sneaky and you're hiding it somewhere in your cubicle, I know where it is. And so does a thief. <laughs> so don't have it like written down somewhere in your cubicle. Unless you've like encrypted it with your own little algorithm or something. Yeah, all right. So you know what I do at work? So I have they, – they make you change the password every 30 days and I have like mm. multiple systems with different passwords. So it's like a pain in the ass. What I do is I have a key phrase – for whatever system it is and then the number at the end changes and all i do is i just track the number that i'm on for that month which okay. isn't, isn't necessarily mean, mean anything to whatever but yeah because nobody knows your key phrase right right exactly So that's fine yeah but if i like if i tilt your keyboard up and i see password one two three on there like you got some work to do buddy <laughs> maybe i should just write password one two three down put it under my keyboard and see if any of my accounts get locked out you know if people are trying to Dude, computers shit. should have like honeypots on that stuff, right? I know. You're really funny. <laughs> like it just like starts like blaring Britney Spears music and I don't know. Somebody gets really embarrassed trying to hack your stuff. You you, you attempt password one, two, three, and you, it just takes a picture of you on the webcam and just like shit. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever gotten a social engineering call at work? Uh no. I did. Really? I was interning at the big financial company that I worked at after sophomore year. Yeah. I had some dude Is that call the me. name of it? Big Financial Company? Big Financial. No, I worked for it was a company called Principal. Um, okay. I worked I was working for them. I worked in the computer network department and this dude called me and he's like he tried to act like he was from some consultant agency that there was a, working with our company and he was like, "Yeah, I need to know like the name of your firewall software." And what? I was like, "Luckily, I read I spent a lot of my time in college like when I was working at the solution center, uh, just like downtime between calls. I would read like humorous IT stories. There's a, there's a series called Bastard Operator from Hell mm. on some website. And so I knew about a lot of these. And I was like, sorry, bro, I can transfer you to my manager, but I'm not telling you that. And it was good because it was a phishing call. Huh. He just like hung up or whatever? Yeah, he hung up. Yep. Damn. Yeah, sometimes you get these guys who will try the social engineering calls and then they'll get really pissed at you when you don't give them the information. They'll be like, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> they think they're so slick. Yep. Cool. All right. Number nine, usernames. Don't use your name. Change, change it to something. Don't use your email. Yeah. I, like, for without really important, Gmail. Yeah. For really important sites, you know, like I learned that with Vanguard, don't have it be your name. Yeah. Have it be something that somebody's not going to just be able to guess, right? It's like your string without the at Gmail. If that's your login for everything, like, I, yeah. th I think you're asking for it. I, I really think you're asking for it. Yeah. Um, number 10. Uh, the final one, emergency slash death preparation. Yep. Just like have a plan. Talk to the people like that you care about in your life and just make sure that they will be able to access your accounts if something happens. Yeah. Or I mean, like for me, to. you know, it's, you know, I, I have like a, a couple of points of where, where somebody could get access to most of it. They're like very secure, but it's like, you know, if like say you used one password, mm. if somebody got your one password, then like they could be able to set everything up for you if you died. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's all they need, you know? 
uh, or your phone if you have dual factor off. So there's one more thing I want to talk about. Mm. Number 11. Bonus. Don't freak out about this because mm. it sounds like a ton of work. You know, and on one hand, like you stand to lose whatever is in your investments and bank account if you don't worry Gmail. about this. Yeah, like, I mean, you you stand to lose a lot, and it could create a lot of horrible headache work for you if you do get hacked. So do take some time to think about it and take these steps, but don't think like you need to do all ten of these right now. You know, mm. I would say right now, ask yourself uh, what what sites am I using that have the same password that probably shouldn't be. Go change those. Get a password manager and set up dual factor off on things like your bank, Gmail, Amazon, uh, Facebook has it too. Like, just just doing those simple little things will make you so much less likely to get hacked than the average person. You know, it's it's never one hundred percent sure, but just take like an hour. To, it doesn't have to, to all set. happen at once. Just like yeah. slowly secure your stuff because I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with your stuff being stolen and trying to recover from it will take far more time than setting this up yeah. and probably will have pretty bad consequences. And when, So one nice thing you can do with uh, LastPass, I don't know if 1Password does this, but with LastPass, uh, when you set it up, every time you log into a site, it'll ask you, hey, you want to save this site as a new mm. profile, and then you can save it. Uh, after a while, you have most of your commonly used sites in LastPass, and then they have something called the security quiz, uh, and it will scan your account to see how many accounts you have that are using similar or same passwords. So then oh. you can see exactly, okay, these two accounts are using the same ones. I should go change one that mm. kind of thing. So you don't have to like trawl through your brain to figure out all your online accounts. Huh. Because I mean, I don't know about you, but I probably have like a zillion online accounts I don't even remember. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> that, yeah, that have some old password that I use for everything. And they're probably like Friendster. Probably if that still is around and someone hacked Friendster, like that could be devastating. <laughs> oh man, they're gonna post some embarrassing pictures on Friendster. All my Friendsters are gonna be really <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> oh Friendster, how you failed! <laughs> yeah, but I think that's all we got for this episode. Hopefully, it wasn't like too info dumpy. Uh, I think it was pretty good. I, th- I mm-hmm. think they needed it. Yeah, I, cool. I think it's very important. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's probably not the only things I think we could have forgotten things. So, uh, every podcast episode has a blog post that goes with it, our show notes. They're over at listenmoneymatters.com slash show. If you've got extra tips for being more secure or maybe a story about how you got hacked and how you took steps to prevent it the next time, there's a comment section. Let us know, you know. Mm. Just give us uh, your opinions. And speaking of opinions and stuff, uh, updates on community, Andrew? So the community is happening, um, and it's an alpha yet. It's an alpha. So we have about 100 people ready for beta when we open up to beta. But right now we're only adding in like people that we think uh, will really add to the culture, have a lot to say, like just maybe have some interesting financial problems. We have some brilliant people in the community who like want to help you answer these yeah. questions. So if you have killer questions, ask them. And I've been picking a few of these people who have been asking really questions and, and adding them in. So, um, And we have get- some people in there who are smarter than we are. Yes, and that's so. the goal is um, – <laughs> I mean, most of the people are smarter than me, at least. So <laughs> if you want to get real answers, it's going to be in the community. We're good at talking and cracking butt jokes. That's right. Butt uh, strings. Yeah, but butt strings. But we've got some really smart people. I mean, Allison from the last episode about uh, rental properties. I mean, she'll be in there, all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to be great. And that is our episode. So if you've got questions, uh, I mean, you can email us if you want access to mm-hmm. the community. Let us know if you want to be a part of the alpha also, if you get questions, all those can be sent over to listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. You can also, if you're on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen, uh, leave us a rating or review. Uh, iTunes is definitely the big one. It helps us a lot. And this week's review comes from Dominic uh, NGAI. How would you pronounce that? Guy, Ooh. maybe? It might just be Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, like, uh, the, the last name, like, N-G-U-Y-E-N is just win sometimes. So, oh, really? or, or sometimes it's new in. So maybe this is just guy. Uh, nah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Sometimes like these, these letters are silent. Hopefully I got that right. Anyway, uh, he said, good stuff. This has become my go-to morning commute podcast to start off my day. Some episode topics are so useful that I found myself re-listening to it. Like the getting schooled on bonds one. <laughs> I think I should probably listen to that one. Yeah, That was crazy. 
Uh, keep it up, guys. Cheers from Toronto. So thank you so much for that review, Dominic. And uh, if you want to leave a review yourself, dear listener, we would highly appreciate it. You can also find resources that we recommend and books and all sorts of other cool stuff at our toolbox, which is at listenmightymatters.com slash toolbox. And that's it. So thanks again for hanging out with us, and we'll see you in the next episode. Later, Andrew. Later, Thomas. Tell your friends about this show.